We go to work, and when we're off, we whine about our day. We sip our cares away, and you can do the same, cause you're in a safe place when you're whining with nurses. And three, two, Blast one. Off! <laughs> Welcome. Uh, welcome to Whining with Nurses. With nurses. Hey, let's try that again. We're yeah. going to say it together. Oh, okay. I'm new to this, so I don't know the traditions here. That's okay. All right. One. Welcome. Oh. <laughs> oh, we're starting over from the top. All right. Ready? Uh-huh. Welcome, welcome to, to Whining, Whining with, with Nurses. nurses. Oh, I got to work on it. No, I think it's beautiful. I'll work on it. I'll practice. I'm Sarah. <laughs> I'm Desi. Uh, and you're you're here at the right place. This is our nursing wine drinking podcast. Um, that's right. You found us. Yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Thank you for joining us in actuality. This is... Uh, we got a great bottle tonight. Sarah brought it. I'm just going to get right into it. She's just going to muscle that out. Woo-hoo. There you go. So this is called, uh, yeah, first things first, wine. This is called The Aerialist. It's a Cab Franc from Napa Valley 2012 by Jonas. The Jonas Brothers, I think, they made this. Yeah, they're well um, known in the wine industry. They are. Uh, I love Cab Franc. And... I seriously, I don't see it. I, I always say I don't see a ton of it around here, but lately I've been seeing a good bit of it. So it's finding you. Yeah, it is. It knows. I seek it. Um, so anyway, I'm excited to try this. They they advertise this as a noble grape. It is quite noble. Yeah, quite. You must drink it's it with your pinky you. out. Yeah. That's all wine, shouldn't it? <laughs> I thought about you this week because um, something you had mentioned on the Petite Syrah episode about the patient you had to hold pressure for uh, 60 minutes on. Oh, yeah. So I had to do that the other night. Oh. It wasn't quite the exact um, same situation. Well, I can't remember. Did you say your patient had a hematoma or? A uh, pseudoaneurysm. Okay, it's that's like, what happened to mine too. It's got to be a fancy hematoma if it's going to be a hematoma. It's got a neck. It's got <laughs> <laughs> um, Did that's it? apparently it what makes person? it a pseudoaneurysm. Oh, really? I didn't, I didn't I still really don't know what the difference was. I was looking it up as the sonographer was there. So, yeah, there was this woman and she had gone for an angiogram earlier that day. And she didn't have any stents or anything placed, but she apparently didn't understand the instructions that you're supposed to lay still during that time that you're supposed to lay flat. So for those of you who haven't had or know anyone who's had a, a cardiac catheterization, they go sometimes in through your uh, uh, an artery that's in your groin. And so then once they're done, they want you to be still to give that enough time to heal and you have to lay flat for a couple of hours and... Um, so anyway, she didn't know that the, she didn't understand the instructions and she was a wiggle worm. She kind of, you know how when babies are laying in their crib and they just kind of kick their feet back and forth? <laughs> <laughs> That's how she was all night. Oh, man. And so she had had some bleeding on day shift. They took care of it. And then when I had her, she was fine. You know, there was no hematoma. It looked Always great. Like and I checked it and I checked it again and I checked it again. And then she said it started to hurt. So I brought her an ice pack. I checked it again. It was fine. And then pff, 15 minutes after that, one of the CNAs said, um, I think this patient has a hematoma. 
And I went in and she was like the size of a baseball already. Oh, shoot. So she must have knocked it loose. And um, anyway, she couldn't take any pain medication because of another pain medication she was on, Suboxone. Oh, yeah. So, and I had already given her that. Um, So the only other thing she could really take was Tylenol. And we gave her that. And I had to hold pressure. Heavy hitters. That's right. Straight to the heavy hitters. (laughs) That's right. You know, I think it's underused, though. Yeah. I think we're really quick to give Norco sometime. And people say it doesn't even work. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. I never tell them they have it available without offering Tylenol first. Mm-hmm. And then if they're like, ah, oh, that didn't really work. I'm like, let me see what I can do for you. Mm-hmm. It's already been ordered. I just <laughs> Oh, I'll just look further down the list. <laughs> I can scroll a little more, I suppose. <laughs> so, yeah, they had to call somebody in to do the ultrasound at night. Mm-hmm. And. While she was doing it, I was standing there looking up what's a pseudoaneurysm. <laughs> I just know I feel more shame when they say that's that rather than just a hematoma. I'm like, oh, I can't believe I did this. <laughs> but you didn't do it. Oh, it's hard not to feel like that. <laughs> it's all your fault, Sarah. You didn't do the calf. You didn't you didn't wiggle in your bed. <laughs> like a baby. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Nature versus nurture, I suppose. Yep. <laughs> So that was fun. We were actually just uh, reminiscing, you know, in telling my uh, groin curse that I I think I mentioned last time. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I've got one of those, too, but it's a different story. (laughs) That that requires some cream, I think. (laughs) (laughs) No, this was just my darn bad luck with dealing with femoral incisions, but... uh, I forgot the most dramatic one was not mine, uh, patient, but... A coworker, and this hematoma grew. It was like a uh, the size of a melon sitting atop this man's like Whoa. crotch. A watermelon? Yeah. Well, well, a this? small watermelon. Okay. Maybe. <laughs> like a, the gesture like, you just made. I was like, oh it, my god. It was. It's like, what is that large? Mm. Mm. Yeah, a small watermelon. Yes, a medium watermelon. Okay. Yeah. It was enormous. What the heck? What yeah. happened? You know, I don't recall the details. It just bled and kept bleeding. And in PACU, it was bleeding. And they were holding pressure and like for two hours or something. And it was just still bleeding. Because when it gets that large, you can't find the point to put pressure on, mm-hmm. to be precise. So eventually, they were like, well, we're not doing anything. Let's try a fem stop, which is like uh, just... Failed medical device. Oh, all what? In all. I love those things. What? I've never had one work out well. Really? Yeah. Oh. Maybe I just don't know. I, I mean, asked this for was one a far gone. for this patient the other night, and whoever I talked to in the ICU was like, "No, don't use that." Blah blah blah. Yeah. Just poo pooing it. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I've been indoctrined into that <laughs> mentality, but yeah, and it just like it's this plastic device that uh, is strapped across the hips, and you inflate. Uh, a pocket of air to pr- apply direct pressure to the site that it's bleeding, but it's kind of difficult to find the site. Mm-hmm. Anyways, it was it was traumatic. The patient had to go to uh, emergency surgery at like one thirty in the morning. Oh, geez, with uh, our cardiothoracic surgeon. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That sucks. Yeah. Plus, going to surgery at one thirty in the morning—that's got to be so scary because everybody's coming in from home. They yeah, probably like were just asleep. <laughs> Yikes! Well, hope yeah. that worked out. It did. He was fine. He was. He did well. He recovered fine. And I don't even think he got stents put in. Oh, really? Yeah. 
at, so it's like all for naught almost. Man. Tisk, 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 tisk. Come on, people. Just throw one in there. Give them a reason for all this suffering. Do something for the man. So Kat's not with us tonight. She has a family thing going on. And... um I don't know if we officially said this last time, but um, Desi's our new co-host. Sweet. Welcome into the Whining with Nurses, where we drink and talk shit. I've been waiting (laughs) for my, like, welcome basket and the T-shirts you guys are going to make me. Oh, we should make T-shirts. They must have gotten lost in the mail. (laughs) They must have. Yeah, we'll get that right over to you. I'm so sorry. I don't know. (laughs) I'm going to talk to our HR department. I don't know who let that slip through the cracks. Probably an intern. (laughs) Damn it, Takeshi. That was your job. Get on it. Everything's Takeshi's job. (laughs) He's the only one of us that knows how to do any of this stuff. (laughs) And he's the perfect scapegoat. (laughs) He doesn't even have a microphone going on right now. We could say whatever you want. No, just kidding. We wouldn't. So, anything exciting happen with you this week? Work-wise? Yeah. Yeah, let's see. I actually... um, I got off work Tuesday or Wednesday morning, and I don't go back to work until March. Whoa! 4th. So you're off from now until yeah. wow. Just the way I'm going on vacation um, Tuesday, I'm leaving for Iceland, and just the way the dates worked out with my general schedule worked out like that. That's awesome. Yeah, it's pretty nice. A little bit. I'm realizing I don't know what to do with myself. Hmm. Turns out my company with myself really isn't that enjoyable. <laughs> you should come help me with home repair projects. <gasps> oh, that sounds delightful. Doesn't it? Actually, I'm pretty handy. Are you? No, but I can oh. follow instruction. <laughs> <laughs> well, what I'm going to be doing is watching YouTube videos and then <laughs> pausing, doing whatever they say, pushing Attempting play again. to do it. Yeah, yeah, right. Okay, nice. So we've been working on... Fixing up our bathrooms. So we're in this ranger residence, um, and uh, everything is painted government white is oh, the beautiful. color I like to give it, <laughs> the name I like to give it. It's just so uh, depressing because it feels like you're in this government building. And anyway, so we painted you know most of the main rooms when we moved in. And the bathrooms, I decided I was just going to leave them be because yeah, you I didn't want it to bother time. me. And man, they freaking bother me. They so now can't. we painted, we're changing out the light fixtures, we're doing a couple other things, and... Nice. It's going to look like a real bathroom. Oh, good. Good, good. Not, I mean, not that it didn't look like a a real bathroom. government bathroom. Yes. hate those things. (laughs) You will take your official government poop here. It's like a DMV bathroom. (laughs) Make your deposit. (laughs) 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 That's good. (laughs) Thank you. So, yeah, that and work-wise, I had... I had a good stretch of days. I had patients that were like true cardiac, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the telemetry floor, it's kind of can be a catch-all, right? I mean, yeah. in your experience, we get dialysis patients that are just like have really high potassium, and that's why they're on our floor. Mm-hmm. Other other than that, they wouldn't need to be. So anyways, we get a lot of not really cardiac, well, cardiac-related, but adjunctly cardiac-related. So I had a... Three like fresh cardiac surgery patients that were so it's scary in a way, but more fun. Mm-hmm. You get to nerd out a little bit more with them. I agree. It's it, yeah, it's more exciting and yeah, a little scary and yeah. But you feel like you're doing what you were meant to do as oh. a cardiac nurse. So your calling is being you're calling and responding. I'm gonna nurse the heck out of this patient. <laughs> <laughs> they don't know what hit them here, man. <laughs> so it was good. Yeah. Uh, 
was uh, one of them was an aneurysm repair, and I didn't realize how intense those can be. I mean, I did a mm. lot, like uh, intellectually, I guess. I, I know the textbook explanation for what that is, but trying to keep the blood pressures within the range that the docs wanted it mm-hmm. was like a game of chicken. And the patient was completely not uh, unaware of everything I was doing to get uh, adequate blood pressure numbers. I had to keep it between systolic 80 to 100. Oh, wow. And so in the beginning of the shift, he was like in the 130s, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, he's going to blow. <laughs> <laughs> so I like, loaded him up with uh, the scheduled prescribed blood pressure meds, and then he tanked him. Uh-huh. So for the next half of the night, I was like pumping albumin in him, trying to get him up. Oh, man. And then by morning, you know, he had those good old crackles in his lungs. So oh, I good. felt like a real winner. <laughs> Yeah, those can be intense. I actually haven't taken care of too many uh, aneurysm repair patients. But I remember one when I was in nursing school and I was at the end of my, um, uh, I guess it's a preceptorship or whatever you do your Mm -hmm. last semester. It's been a while since I've been in nursing school. Um, Anyway, there was a woman who had had an, uh, I think she had an abdominal um, aortic aneurysm. And she had this insane incision that started, uh, you know, on her left like flank or kind of around her rib cage and it did an S almost. It came down her midline abdomen and then it over to the right. What? It was so they weird. Just flayed her open. Yeah, and I just kept imagining that her body could just split in half. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> Topsy like, bottomsies. <laughs> it was just talking about a intense. quick way to lose weight, my God. <laughs> I never did like my thighs. <laughs> just gonna get someone Cut else's. <laughs> Yeah, they can do, they did the T-VAR now, which is, <clears throat> let's see if I can get this right, uh, transendovascular aortic repair or arterial repair or something like that. Are you talking, see, I think, I don't there's know if I'm talking about this. TAVR. Same. Oh, I was thinking TAVR. And there's okay. the T-VAR, which is the new, um, like, laparoscopic approach to, uh, or not laparoscopic, they go in through the groins. Mm-hmm into the femoral arteries and snake the instruments up that way. And those are the only two incisions. And they do what now? They're repairing? To repair the aneurysm. Oh. Yeah, so they don't have to cut them in half anymore. Oh, man. That's so much better. Yeah, I could not imagine taking care of that. Mm -mm. Mm-mm. I just was thinking, how are we ever going to get this woman up to walk? She's going to fall apart. (laughs) You know, have you seen Nightmare Before Christmas? Yes. And there's the woman that's the doll and she sticks together. Yeah, she stitches Sally. Yes. That's just how I imagine oh, this woman. What a nightmare. The stress <laughs> as a new nurse, too, taking yeah. care of that. Well, thankfully, I was— Everything as a new nurse. Like, just getting a patient up out of bed is scary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I would always be like, can, really can this is. person walk? Do they have legs? Because sometimes Excuse me, are you allowed to walk? <laughs> yeah. Have you done it before? <laughs> I still am like that sometimes. You? Yeah. Have you walked yet? Has anybody else seen you walk? What did they say? Did they help you? Were you dizzy? <laughs> Okay. Oh, you just peed in bed? All right. Never mind. Good. <laughs> what do you think about the wine? I like it. It's it's a lot lighter than I was expecting. See, I think it's, um, I, I agree it's a lighter wine, but I think for um, some of the Cab Francs I've have, had, this one's maybe a little on the more full-bodied side. Full-bodied. A little bit, yeah. A little voluptuous for you. It's got the thick thighs. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, it's good. Um, trying to figure out what I'm smelling something oh, like. I think uh, it might be tobacco. <laughs> <laughs> no. Matter of like fact, that. you know what? No, I think it's um, cassis. 
Ooh, there's a new one Ooh, I threw out. Never heard that word before. It's like a Educate current. Me. It's like a, a dark current. Oh. Mm-hmm. I've never actually seen or smelled one, but just this from— This is what you imagine it to be? Yes. Because <laughs> it doesn't really smell like what I think currants are smell like, and uh, it doesn't really smell like a raisin. It's maybe somewhere in between that, so okay. I'm, I'm going with cassis. I kind of—this can be weird, but it reminds me of the smell of celery. Huh. Kind of herbal, herbaceous? Yeah, fresh, crisp, crunchy. Okay, that makes sense. I don't know why I'm not advertising for wine now. Like, that was on point. Crunchy wine. <laughs> Crunchy wine. <laughs> You're a granola type of person. You're going to love my <laughs> celery wine. It's like that uh, movie with the pig and the spider. Spiders. Charlotte's, Charlotte's Web. Web. Yes, thank you. <laughs> we should play uh, charades or something. Yeah, taboo. I just played yes, that. Taboo. <laughs> We're so good at this. And um. so amped up here. She's like sitting up straight, getting into the game. Yes. What? Two words. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and the spider puts crunchy in the web to just describe the pig. <laughs> oh, really? I don't remember that part. It was in the movie. I don't know if it was in the book or not, but anyway. I only read books. No, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> Um, I had a funny thing happen this week at work. Uh, it actually didn't happen. It, it, well, I'll just tell you. So on um, Tuesday, I was supposed to work, and they called and put me on call because they were overstaffed. And... Um, I was really excited because then I went back to sleep. And then I just went about my day and I wasn't even thinking I would get called in. And I went to the gym. And then when I came out, I thought, oh my gosh, I better check with staffing to see if I'm going to get called in. Do they think or not? Or, you know, because I wasn't even near my house. I wasn't showered and ready and you're supposed to come right in. So anyway, they said, oh yeah, well, you're still on call. And uh, I think we'll probably see you today because we've been getting tons of admits. And so I was thinking, okay. It just ruined your vibe. Well, not really. I was, you know, trying to be responsible, but it gave me a game plan. So I went home, I showered. As soon as I got out of the shower, they called me and asked me to come in. So um, I was like, great. I just put my scrubs on and left. I was ready. Um, And then I drove and it's about an hour from my house to get to work. And I go up, I, you know, see the charge nurse. I say, I'm just going to put my things down and then I'll be out. And I imagine that they're so busy, you know, crazy. So I come out and she says, so we don't actually need you. I'm so sorry. You did. You texted me that. Day. I can't, that never happens. She said staffing didn't check with her, and usually they check with her, mm. but they had discharged a bunch of people on the unit, and staffing didn't know, oh, and so they, they thought they're only getting open. admits. Yeah. Oh, and she said, actually, I was thinking about sending another nurse home. So they said, um, well, in addition to not in, needing In addition you? to not needing me. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So they were like, well, you can stay if you want. We do owe you the time. And I just said, you know, I mean, I've always wanted an excuse to, you know, be over in this area, which is not where I live, you know, and and not have to work. So I think I'm just going to go taste wine. I'm off call now, right? Because I'm going to taste wine. <laughs> <laughs> they said yes. Yeah, so. Good clarification. Yeah, like, I, if you call me now, you're not going to get a good nurse back. <laughs> <laughs> I can be here, but I cannot be responsible. I might be hilarious, though. <laughs> For sure. You definitely would be. Yeah. What was I doing that day that I couldn't? I think I had to work that night or something. Oh, yeah, you were sleeping. Yeah. Oh, that darn thing. Well, it happens. Who needs that? <laughs> nice. So that's like a one in a million. Yeah. It was kind of funny. Yeah. Except I'm sorry for the, that drive. Nah, it's okay. I, I went wine tasting and uh, got I tasted some good wine. Good call. Yeah. Good call. 
Mm-hmm. I sat next to these people that were very rich. It was obvious because they took two cases of wine out of this place and all the bottles were expensive. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And um, they were making jokes about, oh, when we get home. No, it wasn't even a joke. The, the husband was asking the wife, are you going to um, do our taxes or play bridge? <laughs> <laughs> what a life. <laughs> my God. That sounds fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway. Um, yeah. Well, so we wanted to talk a little bit today about family members of patients and, you know, what their expectations might be in the hospital or what mm-hmm. they should and what expect. We can provide. Yeah. And what we can't taint everything. Yeah. We're not. It's a difficult, uh, like, little bridge to balance because your, your top priority is the patient, obviously. Mm-hmm. But a lot of the times, that family member can make it hard. To, to care adequately for the patient. Mm-hmm. It can be an impediment for sure based on like a lot of the times, actually I've had the experience a lot where, you know, I'm, I'm caring for the patient and I'm trying to treat them and treat their pain particularly. And we don't want to give them things they don't need because we, you know, their side effects to medications really right. play a part in their um progress towards getting discharged. So I've had a lot of times where the patient is so insistent on giving them pain meds. Like, I need you to wake him up and give him Oh, the family member? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And they are just so insistent that I give, like, wake them up, the patient up at three in the morning to give them pain meds. And I understand, like, if if the patient is in pain, of course I want to treat that. But, um, you know, I'll go and talk to the patient directly and be like, so how's your pain? How are you doing? Give me a, a you know, one to ten number where you're at, where you've been at. What's the worst it's been? Mm-hmm. What's the best it's been? And try to, you know, assess the surroundings of their pain management. And they're like, oh, I've been really good, you know, mm-hmm. trying to lay off those pain meds. And I'm like, really? Because your Aunt Sally says <laughs> you want more. Yeah. She says I should wake you up from your precious Precious sleep. Which rare nobody gets sleep it in the hospital. In the hospital yeah. It's just brutal mm-hmm. to have to wake somebody up. We should talk about that sometime. Oh. Sleep expectations in the hospital. You ain't getting any. I'm sorry. I know. It's rough. <laughs> it is I rough. feel bad, especially when they're so sweet and they're like, oh, it's okay. I know you're just doing your job. And I'm like, I am. Thank you for understanding. <laughs> <laughs> but if someone did this to me, I would bite their head off. Yeah, I would not be as gracious as you. But then when somebody's rude to me, I'm like, it's just my job, sir. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry for trying to keep you alive. (laughs) Oh, I can be such a hypocrite sometimes. (laughs) Same. But yeah, I think it's, um, like you're saying, it's kind of a balance because we're supposed to be focused on patient and family, you know, centered care. Yeah. But yeah, sometimes the family can be a really big, important crucial part and sometimes they can be a hindrance or even yeah put patients in danger sometimes or distract you from being able to take care of the patient and your other patients so yeah nothing's kind of why i recently had a guy um it was it was a trial some few shifts directly because of the um the patient's family you know and they were i understand they were looking out for their family member and uh you know it was all coming from a good and very relatable understandable place that they were causing such hassle for me but um at one point the patient wanted a sleep aid and I you know I it was I don't know like 11 o'clock and typically docs don't give those out willy-nilly unless the patient's been on them at home you know 
it's not really in the surgeon's wheelhouse to be handing out sleep meds all the right. time, right? So, and when it's that late, you're not going to text the surgeon for something like Definitely this. Definitely not the surgeon. Definitely. Well, that was all I had. So, anyways, I did have he, um, the patient, it took very intermittently out of van to help him relax. And so I said, I don't have anything to help you sleep, but you do have like a low dose oral Ativan. And he was like, oh yeah, that really helped a couple nights ago. Is there any way I can have that one before bed? And I was like, uh, like, let me look into it. And so I did, I gave it to him and I am in the room with bed one and this is bed two. And I hear the daughter be like, well, I just gave you those Benadryl, dad. <gasps> and she had given him three Benadryl tablets. She brought meds in and gave them to yes. him? Yes. On top of the Ativan. And then guess oh. who was very confused in the morning and he was supposed to be discharged? Oh, no. Yeah. And guess who got in trouble for that one? You did? Well. Why? Oh, there's a, a person that involved in the care team that doesn't look fondly on any sort of pain, um, sorry, sleep meds mm-hmm. it, it, given at any point. So just some, some another nurse or no, the doctor? A PA. Or, oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, huh. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. So Well. It's okay. It's not your fault. I know. Like I didn't give him the Benadryl. You didn't even know he had it until <laughs> I know. you overheard. You might not have ever known. I wish I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> So that's something people should know. Don't bring in medic. Definitely don't give medications to a patient. Yeah, it can really. I mean, the chances are small, but it can harm. It can interact with what we are giving them and definitely cause harm. That's true. Man, that's crazy. Yeah, I actually haven't had that happen. Um, there's sometimes when family members can be really helpful, and that your story reminded me of one situation like that. There's someone who we've been seeing a lot recently um, on our unit, and his wife is just an angel, and she keeps track of all of his medications. This man doesn't really know what he takes or what they're for, and he's got quite a few meds, and he's just kind of the silent partner in this. Like, it's his health. <laughs> so well behaved. He doesn't say a word. He has no clue what's going on, I'm pretty sure. Anyway, she has all of his medications. She brought them in. Then she took them out to her car because we always tell people, you know, take everything valuable with you home, including medications. Um, but whoever, there were a couple things that, that we didn't know the doses of. So she went and got the doses and called me. And then, wow. I don't know, she just, she with holding everything together. She said, oh yeah, well, he was taking this dose, but they just changed it a couple of days ago because his potassium was too high. And oh man. I was like, wow, do you want a job here? <laughs> yeah. She she just really knew what she was doing and she just was supportive. She asked questions that were appropriate and then- Oh, isn't that this very refreshing? Yeah, just stayed there with him to answer our questions because he wouldn't be a very good source of information. He yeah. had- no clue, which is okay. Some people just, they just they can't. They just roll with the punches. Yeah. That is funny. Mm-hmm. That's so nice. That And the family, I really think, you know, I try, when I get frustrated, because oftentimes it's just my own frustration. Mm-hmm. They're not doing anything wrong. I'm just like, it's, oh, it's an inconvenience to me, you know, and it's a little ridiculous on my part that I get riled up. But then, you know, if you turn the t- tables around and I think, okay, if my dad was in the hospital, how would I be? And I think that's a great way to think about 
what's a good way to be when your loved one's in the hospital? Mm-hmm. Because, uh, you know, it's a very out-of-control situation, and you're putting these trust in people you have just met, right? Right. For somebody you're extremely close to. And so I get that um, portion of it. But I think just remembering, like, we're just trying to help. Like, mm-hmm. we are not out to get anybody. We are not out to let this person suffer more than— Or neglect or someone. Ne- yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just remind, like, it's frustrating when we don't get that benefit of the doubt. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it is. That's a good thing to consider is how do you want to be? You know, if you're going to be visiting your your family member and if you want to be involved in the care, know something about their health history so you can answer questions. Know something about, you know, who's their doctor outside of the hospital? What other medications do they take? And not every family member is going to know all this, but it's helpful if somebody does. You oh, know, yeah. um, it makes a world of difference. That's why advanced knows. directives are a good idea too, because oh. um, then that might give a you plug for that. Yeah, totally. Um, and uh, you know, just another thing that comes up a lot is when patients have a lot of family members and they call every family member calls or comes. Th- to the nurse's station with a question, it's good to designate one person. And sometimes we ask people to do that, and they do it, and everybody still calls. So sometimes I— <laughs> Follow the rules. Yeah, I had, I had someone recently, and <clears throat> she had uh, a, you know quite a few adult children, and they all were calling, and I just stopped calling them back. You know, I stopped taking their calls or returning their calls because I can't do that. I have other patients to take care of, including their mom, yeah. you know, and I can't spend all day on the phone with them. Oh, and sometimes patients' family— Family members call and they're going through a rough time at home, oh, and then they tell you yes. all about it. They and I'm it. like, "Oh, am I your therapist now? Yeah. I'm treating you too." Oh, I, it's been like 20 minutes sometimes when yeah. I'm stuck on the phone, and I'm like trying to get somebody to save me, you know, to yeah. rescue me and be like, "Oh, there's a doctor in the line for you." Yep, or something, <laughs> something to be be like, "Okay, ma'am, I'm so sorry to hear that. I'm gonna go now." Yeah. It'd be nice if family members would think about what does the nurse need to be doing to <laughs> take a good job, a good, a good care of my family member. For sure. Like not sitting on the phone with you, that's for sure. But yeah, I just, I think that's a good idea. Or it's also interesting because legally we're not allowed to give out information mm-hmm. without getting permission from the patient first. Mm-hmm. So I've had a, a night or two where four or five people called for a patient and I had to keep going back in the room being like, this person's on the line and is requesting information. Would you like to talk to them? And he's like, oh, you can tell her what's going on. And I'm like, no, please, sir. Can I transfer the call in here? (laughs) (laughs) How about, would you like to do it? Yeah. (laughs) Let me relay the information to you to then pass on. Yeah. Oh, man. And, you know, another thing I think about is... um, Sometimes patients' family members are their caregivers at home, so I think sometimes it's a break for them when they're, you know, the, yeah. the patient oh, is yeah. in the hospital. And so I try and keep that in mind because sometimes patient family members sit in the room and they don't, they're not of any help. And when they might be able to, you yeah. know, like... Uh, Helping somebody get up to the bedside commode, for example, if yeah. they do it all the time at home. And I try and give people a break if they're the, the main caregiver because, um, yeah, maybe they're tired of doing it and they need some respite. But one time I had this patient and she had 10, I'm not kidding, 10 family members in the room. And thankfully, this was at a hospital that had big enough rooms for that. And it was a private room because most places, there's no way you would fit 10 other people in the yeah. room. Barely fit four. Yeah. You know, <laughs> with the nurse, you know, two nurses and two patients. Right. There's so much equipment and stuff to get around. Anyway, so this woman is on, um, I helped her get over to the bedside commode. 
Her whole family stayed in the room. There's oh, 10 people. They could gosh. have helped her. Um, and then she's on the bedside commode. She has a bowel movement. They all stay in there while she's doing this. That's a little weird, right? Yeah, a little weird. It's a little weird. Um, and then they put on the call light for me to come and get her off the bedside commode. And I'm like, really? Not one of you? None of you can help her? You're just what are you going to do when she goes home? Yeah. Like, it was just so weird, and they all watched me, and I'm small, you know, and this woman was a little bit bigger than me, and they watched me struggle to lift her. <laughs> no one lifts a finger to come and help me hold oh her up, my gosh. and she's leaning on me, and I'm trying to wipe her bottom, and oh, man. Oh, what a frustration. And when there's an audience, it's always a little— Yeah. There's a With anything I'm doing, I'm, like, more self-conscious when there's family around. Mm-hmm. Same here, because you feel like you're being watched and listened to and picked apart everything. Yes. You're, yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah, this know. is family member lecture hour. Listen, people, don't come in there and be <laughs> assholes. It's very simple. <laughs> very simple. Don't be an asshole. Don't come up in there with your assholiness. <laughs> <laughs> or your holier-than-thou-ness, you know? Yeah, yeah. We, you were there. Were you there that night when the uh, woman called in? No, what woman? <laughs> we had. A, Wait, that's a very <laughs> vague question. <laughs> well, it, yes, I feel like I you'd was. remember if Celine you were, Dion, right? Yes, yes she called in. Know? I was there that night. Uh, yes, she's wonderful. <laughs> no, I must not have been there. Oh my gosh, this man was the patient, and he was. You know, I I had no idea what his story was because I wasn't his nurse, so I didn't know his health situation or what was going on, how is he progressing, but the woman called in and I could hear everything that was said from the phone because she was screaming so loudly uh, and to the nurse, the guy's nurse, and it was the patient's wife was calling and the patient's um, IV line had uh, gone bad. He was difficult to stick, so we were going to call the pick team in to just throw, in, or the midline team, I forget which one it was, to put in a new line, mm-hmm. which is very standard. It was like 11 o'clock at night, and I didn't really, like I said, I didn't know the situation surrounding the patient and the status of his health, but I thought this guy was close to death and that we had done something horribly wrong and that because it was like a 20-minute phone call of her just screaming at the nurse. What was she screaming about? She was like talking about like, oh, uh, I want you guys to be afraid because like you guys messed up because his his, um, IV line went bad. That happens all all the the time. time. Yeah. And this, you know, they were talking about this at nine in the morning. It should have been addressed. And um, the line had been like kind of, you know, you can see when it's, it looks bad, but it still works. You're still getting blood draw. You're still able to flush and run meds Mm -hmm. meds through it. And you don't want to like take out something that's working Mm -hmm. to attempt to like, stick them again and try to get another line in them. Especially if they're a really hard stick and you might just be poking them for no reason. Exactly, when this one is salvageable. So anyways, oh, it was just, I'd never heard somebody be so abusive to another person in my life. That's terrible. She was screaming like, uh, and at one point the supervisor got on and it was a male supervisor and she was like, is that a man's voice I hear? I don't want to talk to a man tonight. Either change your gender or get off the phone. No. Yeah. No yes. way. It was 
absurd. Like, it was something out of... Uh, Who says that? It was, and it really made the supervisor mad. He was uh, not, you know, he did not just cow down to her, and she what was... What if instead of getting mad, he was like, okay, hold on a second. <laughs> Hello? It's me. I've changed oh, my gender. Oh, should have. That would have been so great. I'm here to help you. What, and, what yeah, can I do? She, what can I do for you, ma'am? I've also changed my accent. I missed out by you. <laughs> <laughs> she said things like, um, oh, what was it? Oh, my brain just, oh, she was like, I want you to explain to me exactly what's going on here. And the nurse was like, well, his uh, l- line is um, running two different meds at the same time, and he needs these medications and antibiotics. So we can't get another line in him, so we're going to call the pick team. And she goes, stop it. Stop it right there. I'm really smart. I'm not medically smart, but I'm really smart. So don't talk to me like I'm an idiot. What? What? That's yeah. a reasonable It was a reasonable ex- Yeah, That's what you would just, tell me. You couldn't, anything you said was wrong, and she just... Oh, man. Anyways, I had this patient two nights later, and I was like, oh, no, like, he is so critical. He is just circling the drain. That's what I was thinking based on this woman's response. The dude was fine. He was recovering (laughs) way quicker than uh, was expected. His only complication was he had a post-op ileus that resolved. Mm -hmm. Like, he was doing excellent but based off this conversation, you I, thought he was. I thought we had dying. Yeah, yeah. Because of something we did, oh, he man. was doing wonderfully, and he was like the silent partner. You know what? You Let wonder- me beat down your nurse <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. that nobody can take a good do a good job taking yeah. care of you. By the end, and he was he had very little involvement in his own care. And by the end of his stay with us, there was a list in the nurse's station of, like, 10 nurses who had been fired from caring for him. Seriously? By the wife, yeah. By the wife. Yeah. He, had, <laughs> he was, like, the most flat, affect, mild-mannered, just white piece of paper you'd ever met. I'm like, how did— And she's a firestorm. Yes, and she's a nightmare. She's a living, breathing dragon. Oh, my God. You should pour some more wine over there. Oh, yes, yes, um, yes. Yeah. You know, liquor me up here. I had a patient who had some family members, and I think you and I have talked about this before, but um, they were very nice. They were just the nicest. This man had um, some daughters and a wife that were involved in his care, and they were really protective of their dad, and they were so sweet, and they actually were helpful. You know, they would, they would, you know, give him his water instead of calling the nurse into the room to hand him his water, you know, or put pillows <laughs> under his legs. Which actually happens. That sounds like you're joking, but that's real. <laughs> It's. It does sound like I'm joking. It's so crazy. Um, anyway, there was one morning where it was a very busy, stressful morning for me because I had to trans. You know, I had already gotten report and done assessments on all my patients, and then they said I had to transfer one, which was fine. And then I had to give one away to another nurse so that I could get a different patient who was higher acuity and do a three to one oh. group. Yeah, and so it was just a lot of stuff to be happening at the very beginning of the morning and. Mornings are busy anyway. The doctors are all rounding. You have meds to pass. There were nursing students there doing hygiene during med pass time. And I was like, is this necessary? But anyway. You got to take a deep breath in that moment. So I was like, and then I ended up not getting the patient. So I took the other patient back. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it was just, and everybody was coming up and talking to me. And 
I was just stressed, you know? And the man, the patient um, with the daughters, he was a little grumpy and cantankerous, but most people are in the hospital, you know, to some degree or at some point. And it doesn't bother me because I'm also a little grumpy in the hospital (laughs) because I work there and I'm stressed. So anyway, he had said something earlier that morning and um, it was a little rude, but it didn't bother me. And one of his daughters came out and apologized for it. And I was like, it's no big deal. It's fine. And then later, after all of this craziness had happened and I was at my very high stress point and I had already snapped at a physical therapist who said, can I see your patient? And I was like, really? You know, that's, that was my response to her. Yeah. I'm sorry. Um, anyway. <laughs> so then the retroactive. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> if I see her again, I'll tell her I'm sorry. I haven't seen her. But um, one of the. probably quit after that. Probably. I mean, that confrontation <laughs> was traumatic. I ruined her. <laughs> um, so one of the daughters comes out right in the middle of all this, right after I snapped at the physical therapist. And she goes, you know, I know, Dad, I'm really sorry. Dad was rude to you. And I was like, What? Huh? No, he wasn't. No, 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 we're good. And she's like, I mean, I know he can be really... And she just keeps talking, and she's very sweet. And these people are just the nicest people. But at the time, I was like, all I need to do right now is chart, and you are in my way of doing that, you know? (laughs) She just kept apologizing. I was like, hey, whatever he said, I don't even remember it. It's fine. I just need to be charting right now, you know? Wrap this up, lady. Anyway, that was funny. That is pretty good. I wonder, I've had a funny incident happen. Um, It was, I was a brand new nurse, very naive to, you know, the state of, the paltry state of humanity in the hospital setting. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you come in so full of hope. Yeah, I was just showing a picture to two other coworkers of us three as new nurses. And I don't know. And you were smiling. The life in our eyes <laughs> compared to now was is like visible immediately. I'll show it to you later. It's just like the the youth and innocence in our face was so fresh and beautiful. And now I'm like Oh, this guy? Oh, he's the worst. You know, just immediately. <laughs> we grumpy. get salty and cynical so, so quickly. quickly. Anyway, it's so quick. It's an unbelievable. Mm-hmm. So I was very fresh. I had a um, pre op cabbage patient. So in the pre op process, we have uh, to have them take. Uh, if they're mobile, take a shower with some special CHG soap at night and in the morning. And so this guy was mobile. He was a little unsteady. He might have had like Parkinson's or something early onset, a little Mm -hmm. unsteady. But um, the wife was like, I can help him. Like, don't even worry about if you guys can just set up the shower, I'll help him. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, oh, what a relief, you know, because, you know, I can just pop them in there and I don't have to worry. Because mm-hmm. uh, it's a very vulnerable place for the nurse and the patient to be in because I don't have direct eyesight on them, you know. Right. You have to keep going in and checking in on them. Mm-hmm. Anyways, so I set them all up. They're in there. I It's been a while, so I was like, I'm just going to go knock on the door and, it's like, see, see what's up. And the door, I don't think it locks. Mm-hmm. So I, like, knocked on the door and I... In a panic, the wife's like, oh, don't come in. Don't come in. <laughs> I was like, oh. What are you guys doing yes. in there? And she was like, oh, we're both uh, not dressed. You know, I didn't want to get my clothes all wet. And I was like, okay. You know, 
<laughs> and I have never seen a man going into like going to bed knowing he's getting heart surgery the next night have such a big smile on his face. <laughs> <laughs> that was like their last hurrah in case yes. surgery doesn't go well. It totally was, and I, you know, good you, for them. Yeah, good for them. I can't blame them, but I was just like so. Both of us were so embarrassed because we both knew, we each knew what had, what kind of hanky-panky had gone down. And you have to pretend like that's yeah. not what happened the rest of the night. Exactly. <laughs> so in the morning shower, I was like, I'm going to have the CNA help him out, okay? <laughs> we don't care if our clothes get wet. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, that was a pretty funny family moment. Good old family time. That's hilarious. Oh, man. Let's see if there's any other moments. I'm sure there's got to be dozens, right? Dozens. Oh, I've got one. I <laughs> All these have happened, except for that last story, pretty recently. The family has been pretty bold lately. I had a, a patient. He was like 94, mm. full code, had uh, some sort of cancer. They didn't treat it. He was found down at home. It had metastasized. He was quite sick, and they ended up putting a trach in him. And um, he was on our floor recovering and um, a really sweet guy. But his significant other was, I don't know if they were married or what, but this lady just was so uh, theatric about everything and I co- I just get report I go into the room just to put my name on the board um, and like introduce myself and the second I walk in the room she goes uh, I'm going to need a list of his meds that he's received in the last 24 hours and I was like oh well, what's up and she's like he's had his uh, Viagra I can always tell when he's had his Viagra and I was like oh, what? oh really how can you tell <laughs> share <laughs> she's like look at his cheeks are all flushed. It's that's phase, classic phasodilation. And I was like, oh, you got me there. So <laughs> I really don't think we've given him anything like that. And he's like, she's like, no, he has. He's gotten it. I can always tell when he has. And just is harassing me. We for give this people thing. a bag or just because. Just because it's funny, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's just like a good old We like seeing a boner break. on a sleeping person. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Look, there's a tent. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes we give it to people with micro penises so that we have something to aim for when inserting a catheter. Hey, that's not a half bad idea, <laughs> right? <man. laughs> you could come up with a whole like care plan for that. Uh, it's not uh, the um, indicated reason for what? What, oh. what do you call that? Oh. It's not uh, yeah. FDA approved for this use. Oh. It's an off-label use. Oh, okay. Well, they, off-label uh, use. Off-label use. Mm-hmm. Little used off-label use. Fully insertion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got to read the whole uh, medication insert to find that use. <laughs> <laughs> that tiny print. Yeah, and she was just. I mean, she was so insistent, and I. So why'd you give him the Viagra? Well. <laughs> I have my reasons. No, <laughs> who doesn't like a spry ninety-four-year-old guy with a trach, right? <laughs> oh man, um, I—I I mean, it's just different when you just walked in and you don't have that any rapport. Yeah, you're like, I just got here. Hi, hey, my, hi name my name is. is yeah. My name is what? <laughs> Desi. So it was shocking to say yeah. the least. And nobody had warned me. Sometimes, you know, in report, we'll give a little heads up to each other, like. Life's crazy. A little overbearing. Mm-hmm. There's all these really nice words or, you know, co- um, 
very involved, maybe calls yeah. a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of just really vanilla words we used to describe what we actually Listen, mean. you're going to have a crap night, but I don't want to lay that on you right now. Yeah. <laughs> you're a, a little overbearing, a little... <laughs> Really, they're you know monsters. what though? I guess people actually do have to worry about stuff like that, giving patients Viagra because, well, you mostly hear about it in nursing homes and places where people are residents for a long time. But I guess there's you know hospital and and you know healthcare staff that have sexual relationships with patients sometimes, yeah. including ventilated ar- patients. Yes, have you discussed that article? No, no, that was shocking. What article? Oh, okay. I thought you were referencing that. No, There no. was a woman, I, I don't know what state she was in, but she was in a vegetative state for years after suffering some sort of injury, and she w- lived in, like, a long-term care facility, mm-hmm. and they didn't know until she started to give birth that she was pregnant. Oh, my God. B- by a man who worked there. What? Yes. That's horrible. Isn't that awful? So she's in a vegetative state. He's just using her body. That is just so disgusting. And yeah, so disgusting. And they didn't realize, I guess. Well, now he's got a baby, doesn't he? Yeah. I mean, and the kid lived. The kid was fine. That's amazing. No prenatal care. Dude, isn't that? I'll I'll send. I'll find the article and send it to you. That's insane. Yeah. That's Uh, awful. (laughs) That is awful. I have a story about. Definitely don't give Viagra right now. kind of a hot topic. Listen, everyone, just cool it, okay? They're on to us. we got to go underground for a little bit. <laughs> we need to remain America's number one most respected profession or trusted, trusted. profession. Respected, please. No, trusted. <laughs> Nobody respects us. That's right. <laughs> most disrespected, but they trust go. us, all yeah. right? And you're ruining that. They trust us not to sue <laughs> so they can disrespect us. That's true. Yeah. They tell us, yeah, anyway. I bet that's... I bet there's a correlation between that. There might be. We have very few rights as Sometimes I think it doesn't do us very much good to be the most trusted profession. You know what? Don't trust me. Yeah. Don't trust me. Be suspicious. You don't want, don't tell me your deep, dark secrets. That's right. I got a chart. That's right. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Um, I had a patient, this was a few months ago, and he had something kind of scandalous going on in his family. So he had a wife that he had been with for a long time, and like 30, 40 years or something. And then he had a male friend who um, was very involved in his care. And I'm pretty sure the male friend was his his boyfriend. And he still lived with his wife, and he didn't want to give that partnership up because they knew each other for so long and she helped him with his health care and whatever. But she didn't like this male friend. She probably had some suspicions about him, you know. And um, he was uh, he and the male friend, the, the man kept coming to visit. The wife couldn't come to visit because she had her own health care issues. And they were trying to do something like change his, um, you know, some things on his will and not let her know. Oh, my god! Yeah, it was very wow. scandalous. And yeah. she would call with questions, and I was like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just if he's been in. And we like, weren't supposed to give oh, that information. He a visitor right now. <laughs> yeah. I was like, you know what? I'm not, I can't keep all your secrets. You need to figure out what's what you're going to tell people, and then you need to tell them, because I can't keep all this straight, man. I'm <laughs> going to blow your cover. This is getting to me, man. <laughs> It's not even my secret. Losing hair over it. Yeah. We had a a guy like that who's uh was married with kids and but his girlfriend 
was with him the whole time he was in a host- the hospital. Oh. So we were told very clearly, like, do not give any of my information out to my wife. Oh, my God. Really? Yeah. yeah. Wow. Huh. Man. Extra challenges in nursing that you didn't know you were. You didn't know you'd be exposed to. You have to keep all the secrets. You do. Um, there's this lady at the office that I used to work at who was the wife of a, fa- of a patient. And I think she was a former patient of ours as well, but had been discharged from the practice because she was so abusive to staff. She would just yell at everybody all the time. So now we're still caring <laughs> for her nice husband. That's a nice way to put it. Yeah. <laughs> discharged from the, what do you say, from the from practice? From the practice, yeah. <laughs> They they decided to not take care of her anymore because she was so mean. And um, her husband was still our patient, and he was alert and oriented. He could speak on his own behalf. He knew about his own health care, and she would call on his behalf all the time. And she was just as abusive to us in that instance. And so we had to ask her to stop calling, and you know we could wow. talk to him, but we would not talk to her because she was just— that abusive. I mean, sometimes you can be more hurtful than helpful to your family members. We could have ended up discharging him from the practice because of her behavior, totally, you know? Totally, totally. Yeah, she was just rude. And also, it was kind of like um, that, you know, feeling of that we're out to get them, that we're up to yeah, something. And I hate that. We're not ever out to get anyone. Oh, my God. We don't have any energy to spare to go get somebody. No. You have to come to us. If I was going to be out to get someone, it would be as a con man, and I would get their money or something, something valuable. Worthwhile. Like not just watching someone suffer. <laughs> <laughs> this is so many better things to be doing. Yeah, I can think of at least three. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe having sex with them. No, God no. damn it. Somebody is ruining Somebody's it. Somebody's just ruin it. <laughs> they already have a girlfriend showing up. I'm sorry, wife. <laughs> Listen, this is too complicated. Yeah. Um, I'm going to just go ahead and not bone you while you're in a coma. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what a noble... What was this wine called? Was it Noble Grape? What a Noble <laughs> Grape thing to do. <laughs> so, I, yeah, we didn't really talk about what the wine tastes like, but I think it's celery. one of those. Um, you think it tastes like celery, too? Well, no. Oh, taste. Okay. Mm-hmm. That other sense I use. There's so many uh, ways we can describe this. I think I'm getting a lot of this, you know, dark fruits, kind of stewed fruits, and it's kind of tannic. This is almost like um, it's almost like a Cabernet Sauvignon, but it's not as heavy. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. That's why I said I, I think I'm so used to Cab Sauvs that this feels so light, mm-hmm. but it tastes very similar. Yeah, it does. That's interesting. And I would drink it again. The I really aerialist. Like the label. It's got a great label. Yeah, it's kind of sexy, huh? Yeah, and very artistic. Has one of those, uh, I guess they're called aerial dancers. They might be called aerialists. Oh. <laughs> Perhaps. <laughs> you might have me there. <laughs> Perhaps. I don't know. I'm going to have to look that up. Yeah. Um. Well, anything else? Any other burning stories about family members? Family I'm sure. You know, they just crop up out of the blue. <laughs> Listen, families, we're not trying to beat you down. Sometimes you're great. Oh, my gosh. They can be so wonderful. Yeah, sometimes you're just angels. But just think about what might be helpful to your dad. Yeah. Or your uncle. Or, or just whoever. remember, we are not out to get or ruin or be lazy or anything like that. 
We are just there to help in mm-hmm. with the environment allowed to us. And just remember, if you haven't seen this person for three years and you don't talk to them on the phone regularly and then you show up, none of us are going to listen to you. No. <laughs> we see that. Right through that. We what see do you it. know? Yeah. I know him better than you do right now. What's his favorite movie? Tell me that. Little Mermaid. Duh. <laughs> the Aerialist. We just watched it. Yeah, The Aerialist. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, it can't. I get, like, we do understand that it's an extremely difficult situation. Mm-hmm. You know, <clears throat> some uh, we see those real situations, and we, we're there to help in any way we can, including help take care of you because we know like the family member Mm because we do know it's an out of control situation and nobody likes to feel out of control but just because we're the ones there Mm -hmm. doesn't mean we're the ones calling the shot you know what I mean yeah I mean we have some control over the situation at hand but we are just you know keeping the wheel in the direction we're told that's true so we're coordinating the yeah. care. Sometimes, you know, I hate having to say this, but when you have to say, like, I don't know, you're going to have to ask the doctors about that in mm-hmm. the morning. Oh, yeah. That's that, just, that group of 10, the family, that was the other thing. They were constantly asking me to page the doctor, and I was like, I already did. Oh, that's a—and yeah, also, I, we don't have a lot of control over that. We don't have control over the doctors. They're their own people. Weirdly, they have brains that are separate from ours. Oh, yes. Yeah. That's a good point. They choose if they come to see the patient right when you ask them to or not. (sighs) Anyway, we're happy to page. But, yeah, they were constantly asking me. And this it was kind of like what you were saying when um, you thought the patient was dying. You would think this woman was dying. She wasn't. She was completely stable. She was fine. There were some, you know, legit concerns. But I was like... Can it wait until he actually gets here, or do you need to ask me every five minutes to page yeah. the doctor? Because that's not going to, you know, get us anywhere. Yeah, it's not going to get us anywhere, and he's probably going to be agitated when he gets here. You need, you want, you want the doctor to arrive with a clear, unbiased mind. Yes, I would think because they're sure. not the most trusted profession. Nurses are, so you can't <laughs> trust doctors. You want them. You need to be nice to them. Yeah, you need to corral them. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. Yeah, thanks um, for joining. Check us out on Facebook and Instagram or write to us at uh, www.nurses at gmail.com. And you'll hear from Desi in a couple of weeks because she's going on a wonderful vacation, and I'm jealous. I'm out of here. Bye. No, I'll miss this. I'll miss this. Maybe I'll phone in. You should. You're like, um, I'm on a mountaintop, and it's really gorgeous here. I just picture. Like I just wanted to tell you that phone flashing and be like, we have color on line one, <laughs> you know. And then it's me, and you're like, oh, she said she might do this. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, I look forward to being back here. So I hope you guys have a good week ahead. Thanks. Have a safe trip. Thank you. Cheers. Cheers. Oh, that was weak. Can we redo that? Hold on. We have stemless things. That was better. Whining with nurses.